Hello, welcome to the Skies and Currents podcast. Today is Saturday, February 17th, 2024. I'm here with Christina, and we're going to talk about the week ahead. Hello, Christina. Hi, Tess. How are you? Sick. So sick. Um, I mean, it could be worse, but it's sort of wrote, like, gone through every member of our family. So it feels like it's just been forever, <laughs> forever and ever. Like, I think um, at the beginning of this month, you said this month was going to look busy. But with, like, I don't remember what you said, but it was, like, busy with something oh, that no. made... No, no, it was, it was accurate. It was, it was, like, almost... Or maybe I interpreted it this way more than what you said, but I was like, it just sounds like I'm going to be busy with nothing. But that's exactly what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has been a lot of tedious, like, busyness this week for me, too. Um, Like, well, my mom had her heart surgery, so she's just been recovering. So I've been here. uh, I live in my parents' back house, which Tess knows, but um, you listeners may not know. Um, but yeah, I live uh, in my in my own like home, but on my parents' property. So I basically um, have just been taking care of her all week and my dad <laughs> because, uh, you know, trying to help them both out. And so it hasn't been unpleasant. Like my mom, I feel bad for her because she has to take this medication that she doesn't want to take, which is part of the Western medicine deal, you know, you do the surgery, you take the medication. Um, but I think she's doing like physically well and I think it'll be beneficial for her, but yeah, it's just been a lot of like cooking and cleaning and cooking and cleaning and cooking some more and cleaning some more (laughs) and doing my normal work, but with additional cooking and cleaning. So, uh, yeah, just like a very boring domestic week. Um, but yeah, I feel like the Mars-Pluto conjunction that we had last week was really um, centered on for me, just like the disruption in my family life and helping my mom with things. And uh, it had some emotional impact on me for sure, Uh, but, but it was okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of. I know a lot of folks going through some stuff, and there's a lot of really kind of scary looking stuff happening in the news. But yeah, no, it's been it's been really interesting to watch. Um, I mean, interesting, morbid, interesting. Astro. There's a, a term in the astrology community called astrology good, which is when bad things happen in the world, but they make a lot of like they're in perfect alignment with the astrology signs and, and configurations. Uh, I've always hated that term. I'm like, can we come up with a better term? Like, let's not call terrible things astrology good, but it's just what everybody says. So, but um, it's been interesting to watch the Mars Pluto, all of the um, events around the Mars Pluto conjunction, because I think all of us astrologers were thinking, okay, AI disruptions and technology, like all this like futuristic shit. And I think that there's going to be plenty of that as I mean, there already has been, but the, the Pluto transit through 
Aquarius will certainly dredge up all sorts of fears and strange developments in technology. But it seems like in the collective, the theme that's been hit the hardest, which is a much more, I would not say much more traditional because technology of all sorts is a traditional theme of Aquarius, but borders and displacement is also a traditional Aquarian theme. So we would redraw borders in Aquarius and we would like one of the things Aquarius would rule would be displaced people and displacement in general and sort of how do we like altering the system to be more inclusive or be more exclusive, like whatever, you know, I think that there is an inclusivity component to Aquarius, but what I think is happening is that Pluto is generating a charge around inclusivity and borders. And so there's a big backlash in the collective. And we talked about this, I think, when we were talking about Pluto in the past couple of episodes, but how sometimes there can be like Pluto can dredge up a big backlash to sort of like the significations of the sign. Um, So, I mean, what we've seen here in the United States is like the discourse around the border flaring up to a fever pitch again and creating all of this drama in Congress. But what was particularly disturbing to me was reading about, um, reading about the New York uh, election where basically a congressperson, a Democratic congressperson was elected in part by playing into this discourse about the border, like changing his changing the traditional democratic uh, approach and saying, Hey, no, like the border is a problem and basically stealing or sort of bring a a bunch of votes from the right by being reactionary about the border. And I was like, that is a very like troubling Pluto in troubling to me, um, Pluto in Aquarius um, signification. It's like backlash against um, outsiders or backlash against, uh, inclusivity. Um, and yeah, it was, it was very astrology good, realistically scary. (laughs) Um, so, but I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking much more along the lines of technology and, and sort of looking for those patterns in the news. But when all the border issues started rising up and the displacement issues, both you know, in the United States and internationally, I was like, wow, this is, it's not what I was expecting, but this makes a lot of sense. Like we're going to have to deal with displacement in mass over the next 20 years as the climate changes the world, as like international sort of politics changes and shifts. And what I think what Pluto's doing is like generating the fear and the backlash around that now not of course that xenophobia is new (laughs) but you know it's it's definitely coming up right now in a pretty heavy way yeah it's been i I mean i guess i've been sick so i've been sort of overwhelmed but it was it's like been an overwhelming amount of news i think came out 
in that in the last I guess week and a half or so yeah I feel like with Mars and Pluto it's like it's just like this tension that mm-hmm. seems to be roiling and Mars will be in Aquarius for a long time co-present with Pluto um I mean till March 21st so we have a long period of sort of precarious like oh, I don't like love these two planets being together and like anything could happen. And like, I can, it's just so many avenues of big tension that is like boiling up. And if you look at the chart of the United States of America, um, or the most well-accepted chart, there's a couple, but I think the one that most astrologers use called the Sibley chart. And uh, the third house of that chart is Aquarius and the third house is um, like neighborhoods and discourse, like how we communicate, like who our neighbors are, um, who like short distance travel. It's, it's a lot. It's like a very neighborhood oriented sign, um, like the everyday life sign. And who we interact with that is sort of contained in the third house um, and the quality of our interactions. And I think it's interesting that, you know, as with the Pluto ingress border issues have like surged back into the public. Um, But there's also just this sort of like quality of, are we getting along with our neighbors in this country? Like, not so much. Um, and, you know, you could see, like, many sources of potential tension and trouble brewing in that kind of part of the chart. Um, and it, the United States chart also has the moon in Aquarius, um, but it's at, like, 28 or 29 degrees or something. So, yeah. We'll see as Mars gets closer to the moon, but um, the the moon of the country. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it just feels tense to me, you know. And it feels tense in my own home too. But it's just a different kind of tension. It's like a, you know, internal tension mixed with like, oh, my mom doesn't feel well. I, you know, I hope that the medicine doesn't mess her up too much. You know, it's just like that quality of like there's no there's not like a lot of yeah like a lot of like detail like detailed Uh, tension (laughs) like a lot of like fine detail tension right right yeah but we'll see how it goes (laughs) i'm sorry i look distracted because i'm the kids were playing a game of screaming right outside my door so i'm trying to i've been like muting muting myself and trying to get a hold of Jeffrey so I was paying attention but that's why I looked like I was all over the place (laughs) yeah yeah no no it's totally fine um your children neighbors neighbors (laughs) neighbors outside 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 of your door (laughs) children screaming like like a game like they're happy but they're playing a game that's like a lot of the characters in the game are under great distress I guess Yeah. Oh my goodness, kids. I feel like my son has been doing so well and I'm so happy because I was really worried about the 
all the Aquarius stuff because he is an Aquarius sun and an Aquarius Mercury, um, Mercury and Aquarius. But he seems he's like the happiest oh, okay. of everyone. You know, he's just he's just chilling. So <laughs> very happy. Like we had like an incident like two weeks ago that made me a little bit nervous, and I think it was like a significant kind of um, like without going into any details, it just, it felt like an internally significant moment of growth for him, you know, but I was really happy that it didn't seem to, like, it seemed okay. Like he processed it, he moved through it, we talked about it and he kind of moved on. So I was like, okay, I really hope that's like the extent for now of the Pluto (laughs) drama. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he seems, he seems happy. So sometimes I'm just like, well, as long as he's happy, fuck mm-hmm. it, who cares? It's all I know, good. I remember, I remember <laughs> you that um, when you came to visit when our sons were like two, two and a half, and you came up to Seattle to stay with us. Yeah. And we went um, like to the down, you know, like the touristy area, the wharf, and walked around Oh Pike Place Market and everything. And um, the kids had so much fun. And I was like, this was a great day kids had so much fun and you're like yeah after you have kids the quality of your day is determined by how good of a time they have <laughs> and it, well for a while yeah. it really is you know it's like I feel like this is always such a um issue with mothers and like there's no way for it not to be because our our society just like has no space for children so you know it's like we want to pursue our own path. I want to pursue our like our own fulfillment and like stuff that fills us up and makes us feel, um, yeah, like we're we're continuing to develop. You know, whether it's pursuing the career, our career, or our work life, or whatever, intellectual life, artistic life, whatever. But there, for me, there definitely have been windows in motherhood where I've had to just be like, well none of that's happening right now. So it's okay. I'm just going to let it go until, you know, there's space again and just try to enjoy his, like my kid's happiness because sometimes pursuing both things at the same time is just fucking ridiculous and you can't do it. Just gotta let it go and trust that it always comes back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge, as they get older, it's like amazing. Because so many things that you sort of give up on come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm very, like, I, I feel like I'm in some sort of holding pattern, you know? And I don't know even what, what mm-hmm. is on hold. But that's what it feels like in the in the skies right now. Like, something is about to happen. And yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel like. And I don't even know if that's real. No, I, I feel don't... the same way. I feel like, like no, I... Like, I do have a couple things that are coming, so it does feel like there are things that I am waiting for yeah. to happen that are, like, kind of weighing. Um, but then there's also, or, like, you know, it's, like, good things, but things I have to prepare for that I'm like, oh, God, we got to get this together for this thing that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it does just feel like a waiting, like a weird window of waiting for things. Even, you know, I want to plant some seeds, yeah. and I can't because i have to wait till the right time yeah maybe that's just the quality of winter yeah maybe it is um but yeah i mean so next week 
Next week is the beginning of what I think is kind of like the third chapter of this long uh, Saturn season. Um, because the sun is moving into Pisces on Monday, which is probably when probably when this episode will get released. So Monday, February 19th, the sun moves into Pisces. And normally that would be the end of Saturn season, right? Because uh, we have we, the beginning of the year is Capricorn, and then we have the uh, Aquarius, and those are Saturn's signs. So Saturn season usually ends when the sun moves into Pisces. Um, but this year, it feels like Pisces is like an extra third Saturn season because Saturn is currently in Pisces. Um, so the sun is going to move out of Saturn's sign of Aquarius and into Pisces, which is Jupiter's sign. Um, it, but she, but the sun is going to head directly into a conjunction with Saturn. So I think Saturn, I'm going to pull up the chart, but right now we've got Saturn at... We've got Saturn at eight degrees of Pisces. So it's going to take about a week and two days for the sun to conjoin Saturn after uh, he moves into Pisces. And on top of that, we're still going to have, um, we're still going to have Mercury, Mars, Venus and Pluto all in Aquarius. So we're going to have a lot of whatever's been happening sort of like continuing to, to continue to unfold. Like whatever the Aquarius story is, it's still unfolding. And Mars is still at the very early degrees of Aquarius. He's at three degrees right now. Venus is at one degree. So we have a huge amount of Aquarian stories that are still going to unfold over the next about four to five weeks. But now that the sun is in Pisces, the quality of our sort of emotions is probably going to start to shift. That will probably be the first big signification. So Aquarius tends to have a kind of... Um, <clears throat> tends to have a distant uh, quality to it. It's, it's, it gets called an unemotional sign. I don't think that's totally unfair. It's definitely not a place where emotions are um, prioritized. It's more of a thinking, processing, mental sign. It's an air sign. Um, so there's a big emphasis on thoughts and ideals in Aquarius. But when the sun moves into Pisces, we're going to get like a big flood of emotionality back um, and a desire for connection um, and in, in Pisces, we're dealing with interconnectedness and empathy and sort of the, the psychic mush of <laughs> being human, sort of like feeling other people's emotions, uh, feeling other people's like, there's a there's a heightened sensitivity in Pisces um so I think that's going to be the first sort of like shift right um is just this this rush of of 
a a change in the quality of our emotions and our sensitivity. Um, But then as the sun moves toward Saturn, um, that's almost certain to generate a kind of somber quality. So the sun and Saturn together uh, tends to feel like constricted, limited, somber, serious. Um, And it also represents the beginning of Saturn's new cycle. So whatever Saturn's working on in our life, we're about to kind of go into chapter two of Saturn in Pisces. So yeah, it's going to be, I'm curious how it's going to impact the sort of the transits of the planets through Aquarius, because whatever that is, that story has already sort of started. Uh, We're sort of rethinking, reshifting, redrawing the, the structure or boundaries of a certain part of our life. But when the sun moves toward its conjunction with um, Saturn, there's going to be a kind of reset that occurs. Um, And it's probably going to be a kind of like serious reset that is, um, that is related to our feelings. And um, so, yeah, it might, it might feel like there's a little bit of, uh, oh, this is what, this is what I was trying, actually trying to do. <laughs> like ever since this, you know, the Saturn season, you know, we've been, we've been, planets have been moving through Capricorn and through Aquarius since the beginning of the year. And when the sun kind of contacts, um, contacts Saturn, who rules all that, there might be this sense of like, okay, okay, I can see where all of this is headed now. Like I I threw out a bunch of pieces. I started redrawing the map and now I have like the final piece of support from the ruler of all of this. And our new direction is like written out now and we're, we're off to the races. Um, just the, the bummer part of that is that it might feel kind of like overly serious or overly somber, overly sad. Um, the other thing might just be like a renewal of like commitment and responsibility, um, which is not inherently negative or positive. We might feel like, okay, I'm, I need to take responsibility for all of this in a new way. Um, so that's kind of vague probably, but I'm just trying to describe it in broad, as broad of terms as I can. No, it sounds nice. Um, Right, because it's just like weight, kind of, right? So it's like, it could be like a somber weight, or it could be like the weight of clarity or the weight of kind of actually having to step into something or commit to something because suddenly it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah, it feels concretizing in a way, you know, and... um I think that's what I th- when you said wait at first I, I thought you meant like waiting but I but now I'm like okay no you meant like a physical weight and yeah I do think that's correct there's like a concretizing weighted uh the Saturn helps things take shape right so 
we've been doing all the Saturn work since the beginning of the year. And now the sun is going to like redraw the plans with Saturn. It's like, it's like whenever the sun um, has a conjunction with any planet, I always imagine it as like the planet having a meeting with the divine. Uh Oh, I just turned on music on accident. No, no. <laughs> Elliot Smith. I turned on <laughs> Elliot Smith. <laughs> I like touched my headphones and it turned on music. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so Saturn has a, like a, a, a shape-making or concretizing quality. And I th- um, when the sun has its conjunction with a planet, it always signifies a new cycle and I always think of it as the planet having a meeting with the divine um, and getting its like marching orders, essentially. Like they're going to review everything that happened in the past year or the past two years, depending on the cycle. Um, and then they're going to sort of like redraw the plan, you know. And a lot of times it's going to be like, OK, just, you know, continue with what you have been doing, but shift a couple of things. Sometimes it's going to be like, throw all that shit away. <laughs> we don't need any of it. That was a failure, you know, so especially with Saturn, because Saturn is like a, the planet of sort of um, final judgment in a way. You know, he's going to say like, yes, this was good or no, this was this was bad. So there's always a little bit of the suffering like, concern yeah. with Saturn. Yeah. Like Saturn might be like, nope. That was a failure. Mm-hmm. Move on, something else. You know? um, but I think for most people, it'll just feel like, okay, um, I need to take responsibility for this part, or maybe I need to let go of this part, or I need to, sh- you know, approach this a little differently, or I need to ramp up my efforts, or whatever. Um, I just think the piece of Pisces is like, okay, well how is Saturn going to operate differently in Pisces than any other sign? Um, And that is the piece that is going to make this particular Saturn sun conjunction, you know, different. Um, And in Pisces, we're, we're talking about emotions. We're talking about connectedness. We're talking about empathy and we're talking about, um, sort of things that are shared, you know, um, both psychically, physically, um, uh, like a, a boundary less quality, it's imagination. Um, it's, it's a sign of like deep water. So there's, there's a malleability to it, but there's still a weight and, it's a you know water seeps into earth and sort of like makes it stickier wetter like it kind of can mix things together bring substances together um so it has this sort of shifty um has this shifting fluid quality to it which isn't really that compatible with saturn which is about limits and boundaries and rules right So it is a sort of odd place for Saturn to do his work. And I think that, you know, I'm curious about, 
think a lot of what might come up is limitations on our attention because because we have access to so much information in this era and there is like this boundaryless quality between all of us between us here and you know them in distant places and like there's there's just like this sense of everything being present all the time because we have so much access to so much information um but the question of what does what are the limits of our attention um because saturn is going to ask like what does being connected to all of this actually accomplish you know like what can you get done what can you build with it like what can you be like how can you affect it you know like he's gonna ask more sort of like um like, is there an inherent value in being connected to absolutely everything? Um, or what, what's the limitations of that in our actual life? You know, like in the spiritual world, in the spiritual efforts, of course, like interconnectivity is prime. We're, you know, we're all one. We, you know, we're, we're recognizing that we're working with it, but in, in our actual physical lives, which Saturn is like very uh, responsible for and has a lot of influence over, he's going to ask certain questions like you know what what is what can you build from this what's the value of being connected in this way and then you can apply that same question to um other qualities of pisces like empathy compassion like is there a limitation to it to the point where you can no longer like you've overextended yourself or the extension of it beyond a certain point is isn't like isn't functioning in like a real way in the world i don't know if i'm making sense but i think these are kinds of questions that are going to come up no i think you're making yeah that makes sense and i think it it is one of i think the hardest questions that we have is um you know how do you interact with you know everything (laughs) And things that, you know, and, and how do you yeah. care about everything and how, and then how do you actually positively impact those things? Um, yeah. And so, and those are all really difficult, challenging questions to answer. And I think there's also a lot of confusion where people feel like, oh, if I'm just paying attention to them or just spreading awareness or just, you know, then that is the same thing as processing them and being present with them and helping them which is not necessarily the case yeah i think saturn is going to um want us to apply our attention and connectivity in a way that is has like a building stabilizing quality or has like a lasting effect because that is the thing about saturn saturn is interested in making things real in the world Um, so yeah, like sort of the, the effect of social media, right? Like the constant scrolling and the feeling of being connected to all of these things and all these issues and all these people and da, 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 da. And then, um, that's like one way of looking at like the, one of the most obvious, like pervasive things that we all struggle with but then there's also um like anything you're building 
in your life. Um, there's, we have, I, I guess because I work in media, um, primarily I'm thinking about it in terms of audience and in terms of like, uh, who you can reach with your media, you know? <laughs> and, um, I don't know if it feels like we should be talking to everybody all the time and connecting with everybody all the time, but maybe there's, maybe there is some value in being a little bit like more protective of your limits and, and being more specific about who, who needs you in their life? Like who needs your connection? Who needs your message? Who needs your sort of work? And who do you need? And sort of like, I don't know, reining it in a little bit. (laughs) I feel like Saturn just wants to rein it all in. (laughs) Like this is, we, we cannot live every context. You know, we can only live our own context. Um, trying to live every single context, it just creates like mud and a mess well it just it prevents you from doing anything really right like the pursuit of everything prevents you from doing anything yeah and i think that's something that like a lot of heavy pisces individuals struggle with like i see that in where it's like this sense of being paralyzed by the options you know and that might be an even more succinct way of sort of talking about this this issue where it's like we have to pick and choose our pursuits and recognize our own limits and um and and if you if we are um pointed in the things that we're focusing on and pursuing then the qualities the really positive qualities of Pisces like the deep connectedness the um, emotionality, the vulnerability, the ability to be present and in the moment, um, those things can really shine, right? Because you're in a, you can do all of those things better when it's in a focused context. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think, and it's one of these really, it's actually one of these huge, um, weird cultural myths that we were all of our generation brought up under, right? Like you can do anything at any point. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you are and however you started, right? Let's just like the, the whole world is yeah. just an endless sea of possibilities for you. <laughs> and it's just Yeah. Not actually so. Yeah. You know, like that's a great ideal and it would be nice for more and more people to have more and more opportunities and for us to feel like we should pursue the things we want. But the idea that it's just always, that everything is, that life is just an endless buffet and our stomachs have an unlimited capacity for it is just um, not how it's actually going. And so eventually you do have to decide, um, like, what do I really want to be doing? What can I do? What... um, well, do I want what that is going to look like in my day-to-day life? You know, always a big question. Yeah. Um, like, do I, like, is it, is the journey what I want as well as the end goal what I want? Um, but I think it's good. I'm kind of, ex- I'm like, next week sounds good. It sounds like 
kind of like waking up from a lot of the dreaminess of this year so far that we've been experiencing yeah. it. Um, and when is the Venus? And then, I'm sorry, what day is the Saturn-Sun conjunction? Right. So Monday the 19th, the Sun moves into Pisces. So the Sun kind of starts applying to Saturn. So that that the quality of whatever is going to come out of that conjunction it starts to percolate in a big way and that's when we might feel our emotions start to shift a little bit like our like how are we processing all of the emotions excuse me the way that we're processing the environment around us will shift a little bit from an Aquarian perspective which is like very mental to perhaps a more like full-bodied emotional like sense sensation processing which is more of what we do in pisces um so that's monday and then on wednesday we have the mars venus conjunction in aquarius so that we talked about like quite a lot last week but i really see that as this sort of like moment of this return of volition um or like this ability to bring the things that we've been striving for um, to fruition, um, hopefully a little bit more clearly. Uh, And they are going to kind of hang out together for a while. You know, like they're going to make their conjunction on Wednesday, but they'll be within a couple degrees of each other for most of the week. So we'll have the sun sort of like going, doing his process with Saturn. Like, what do we want to take responsibility for? How do we want to shift our Saturnian mission in life for now? You know, what do we need to change? What do we need to do differently? At this kind of at the same time as the Mars and Venus conjunction is happening. Um, so I, I think there's like this this sort of balance of like somber responsibility and then also like, oh, what I want or what I've been hoping for is a little closer. You know, it's like I might maybe I'm bringing it into fruition or um, it's also has a sort of relational aspect, too. So there's a social quality of Mars and Venus coming together. There's a romantic quality. So some of those like relational goals um, that we've been striving for may feel a little bit more attainable. Um, there tends to be like a kind of a fun quality to Mars and Venus conjoining. I don't know what to make of that happening at the same time as the sun Saturn conjunction. Um, some people may feel one or the other more strongly depending upon where it's hitting your chart. Um, and then Thursday, the 22nd Mercury moves into Pisces. So, it's like we're all starting to shift. Like the planets are starting to disperse a little bit. We've got Mars, Venus, Pluto, and Aquarius. And then we're going to have the Sun, Mercury, and Saturn in Pisces and Neptune, actually. Um, and then the following week, Wednesday the 28th, the Sun, Mercury, and Saturn all conjoined together on the 28th. So, um, I'm seeing that a little bit as like Mercury emphasizing the Saturn sun conjunction, um, and like, like pointing, um, a lot of our mental attention on it. Like there's this, uh, like the sun 
and Mercury are meeting on the same day as Saturn and Mercury are meeting. So it's kind of like they're all meeting <laughs> together and their, their, their significations are kind of drawing together. So there may be like, it may indicate that some of our upcoming Saturn work in this cycle it is going to have to do with communication, the way that we, the way that we're thinking about things. Um, it could bring travel um, into it a little bit more. So yeah, it's like our mental processing around our responsibilities, um, the way we communicate our responsibilities, the way we communicate our boundaries, the way we communicate our limits. Um, all of these things are going to, be coming into question right around the same time as Mars and Venus are finally conjoining and renewing their cycle. So a lot of renewal of cycles in the next um, week and a half. So it's a really good time to be thinking about what you've been doing, like what you want to continue to commit to and how you want to like shift or alter your approach to um, to your work, your Saturn, your Saturn work in particular, but also your Mars Venus work. So that's a lot of your chart. That's a lot of your life. So it's one of these moments where, you know, a, a bunch of different, uh, areas of your life might come up for review in small ways. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm curious, I'm curious, about the somber quality um kind of occurring at the same time as mars and venus conjoining and part of me makes me wonder if like people are going to be like suddenly a little more serious about their relationships in in a certain way like but i don't i don't totally know what to expect from that well i think um i think it's a good sign because I, based on everything else that you're saying, because I think it means that a lot of what is kind of coming around is going to be real, you know, or it's going to be like a real opportunity because whenever things get real, they're always kind of hard or they're always like stressful or you always have to like do something yeah. or find money or fill out paperwork or you know what I mean like there's always yeah something kind of a you know that goes along with it that makes you feel a little bit like oh, okay this is real um so I'm hoping that for a lot of yeah. folks it's that like I know I know some people that are considering moving to like a brand new area and they'll be looking at houses like right in that window of time. <laughs> so I could see that being yeah. the Mars Venus kind of excitement and then the Saturn sun going, Oh my God, everything else that we have to figure out and do now. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be like what something something shifting in the Pisces part of your life to support um, the Aquarius part of your life. That that would be my like intuitive guess. And it won't be that way for everybody, but it could be curious, like interesting to look at your chart and be like, oh, what what's shifting in my relationship to Pisces to support whatever is going on in Aquarius, mm -hmm. um, or to support Mars and Venus. Um, 
Will you look at the Will you look at the Pisces? Yeah. I don't know what it is in my chart. Do you mind just pulling it up as an example? Oh, oh, no. Because yeah, I'm no, curious. Because um, I think. Well, I, I oh, know okay. what it is. Um, <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know what it means, but I know your chart like very well. So, um, like for you, Pisces is the fifth house. So that's your children and um, your relationship to your own pleasure and your relationship to your own creativity. Um, and, and then specifically your children. Um, and then the, and then my, the Aquarius is fourth? Aquarius yeah, is your so home. so it's fourth house. Okay. Yeah. So like home, family, like where you literally live, your parents, your, your ancestors, your roots. Like it's basically you can think of the fourth house in a lot of ways as the base support of your life so home and parents are the primary signification but any of the systems that support you and your entire life and like that shouldn't really like shake or move that much those kind of belong in this in the fourth Mm -hmm. house as well well i was gonna hopefully use it as an example but i can't say anything about it yet but it does look like that might happen (laughs) during that window of time Wait, what might that, happen? Um, there might be like a new development that would dramatically impact having my children supported at home. So oh, that makes interesting. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, know. I feel bad because I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, I can't say this like so not. But like know. very broadly, basically, maybe some new child yeah. care, like a system of of that could help with yeah. child care yeah. okay yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense yeah for me it's like very um I think it I think for me because Aquarius is my third house which is communication um third house is communication neighbors siblings um and the fourth house is my my home um obviously Pisces. sorry excuse me Pisces is my fourth house um I think there's a couple of things happening which is like making my um like creating the support systems for me to like do more writing which is um Aquarius for me like I've I've been meaning to get back on like a schedule with writing for a really long time and I just like haven't been able to do it and I've been getting like hammered inside like all of my (laughs) all of my internal, you know, relationships to God and to, in my own insight has been like screaming at me to do more writing. Um, so I think that I, I need to like shift something to support, to support that. And also to support like the podcast, which also is like a third house activity. But then like, I've also been at your, um, suggestion reading this book which is all about like um finding out patterns in your like relationship to your parents and like their relationship to each other and how that has impacted your approach to relationships so that's like a fourth house thing right so your parents your the patterns within that um and that's like the saturn and sun like coming together with Mercury to do like an exploration of fourth house patterns um, right at the time as like Venus and Mars is conjoining on my sun uh, or excuse me, conjoining on my moon. Um, So it's like, you know, 
Venus and Mars coming together will always have a relationship signification. Um, so it's like, it's like uncovering pat like family patterns and dynamics that impact my ability to have relationships. Um, so yeah, I can see like multiple ways in which that's hitting me. Um, but yeah, if you look at, you look at the relationship between, or like, first of all, where, where is Aquarius and where is Pisces in your chart? Um, and then like, just explore, you know, what both of those houses mean and then how, what might need to shift or what might not, might need to be like taken, what, what in Pisces might need to take like a new sense of authority or a new sense of responsibility around in order to support whatever's happening in Aquarius. Um, I think it's like a really, anyone who's interested in astrology, it's always, this is how you really learn astrology, like more than anything is by looking at how it impacts you and then how it impacts other people around you. So you don't need to like read a million books. You don't need to have a million readings with a million astrologers. You can just like start looking at your chart, start exploring what the different places in your chart mean and how the planets impact them. If you want to, you definitely don't have to, but it is an interesting way of looking at the transits. So, um, you know, maybe I will because I just had a client ask me about this who's been listening to the podcast. She's like, every time you say that, I'm like, I want to know, I want to look at my chart, but I don't have it. I don't know what it is. So um, I think maybe when I send out this podcast, I'll send out um, a little diagram that has the primary significations of the houses so that you can like just map it onto your own chart if you want to follow along with these kinds of Thank you. And there's websites that'll do kind of a rough version of your chart for you too, if you if you don't have it right. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like a million. Really all you need to know to do this kind of work, like what's happening in this house, what's happening in this house kind of work is just what your rising sign is. That's the most important piece. Because then you can just kind of calculate it all from there. Um, obviously I do it professionally so I can do it in my head, but, um, you know, it's, it's very pretty simple if you like look at the visuals. Um, but I think it's, I think it is the most obvious way to work with the stuff in the skies productively is to just be like, oh, this thing is happening. So maybe I should focus on this part of my life and like put a little bit of my conscious thoughts, energy, and effort to looking at it so that I can, you know, maybe think about untwisting something that hasn't been supportive to me or, or further, uh, for further working with something that, that I want to grow, you know? Um, so I think I like that take the idea that it's something that's going to happen from your Pisces that's going to support your Aquarius. Um, I feel bad that I don't have more examples. I was like hoping that I would draw in more examples, but I just don't have the same mind for the charts and know as many people so that I can't like extrapolate all that. But I think you're, but I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're really onto something. Yeah. I mean, I always, that's actually part of how I, um, 
prepare for these conversations is I, I obviously don't talk about specific people's charts so much in the conversation because I don't want to talk about people's personal lives. Um, but usually if I'm trying to figure out like what the astrology means, like what's coming up or what, what are we experiencing right now is I'll go through like a list of like five to 20 people whose charts like I know very well in my head. And I will think about like what's happening in their life. What are they experiencing? What have they expressed to me? And this is also partially me being like a person who has the moon in the third house and is in constant communication with a lot of different people. Um, but yeah, I'll just think, okay, what are they experiencing? And then I'll just relate that to their chart. I'll be like, oh, you know, their their dad, you know, just got a new job. So that has like changed something in their life. And then that's shifted. And they're working on this and da, da, da. And then I can kind of like make the connections. And then if I see enough patterns with the people that I know, you know, I try to like be diverse about it as much as I can, like people in different kinds of life situations, because obviously we're just looking at the same kind of person, you're going to get a different result. But yeah. And, and if I see the pattern, then I'm like, oh, okay, I think this is probably how it's going for a lot of people. And then I'll take that pattern and try to apply it to the collective and like, look at the news and what's happening in the world. And that's, um, yeah, that's what I do to try to like figure out what the hell's what the hell's going on <laughs> and have enough of a of a way of talking mm-hmm. about it, you know. I did so not as an astrologer, but something that really made me more interested in I mean also I don't think I would have become as interested in it if you weren't doing it. But because you were doing it and because of this experience yeah. it was like very easy for me to be like, "Oh, great." Tell me more, Christina. And it was that um, I was a part of one, like one really active online group when I had really little kids. Um, and it was like outca- like moms that were basically outcasts, like moms that didn't fit in. And it was great because we were everyone would share yeah. everything in this group, like everything all the time. It was like a hundred right. women and we would usually meet up like a couple times a month, but like any, everything, we all know everything about one another now. And, but it would give you a really interesting perspective on timing because so much of the time, like there would be these big themes that would all come up at the same time, like everybody yeah. dealing with the same thing, everybody's kids dealing with the same thing partners dealing with the same thing like it was just a very interesting and I don't know if for me it was so clearly I mean and maybe just I was like must just be oriented that way like looking at things in terms of patterns because part of me was like how does nobody else notice how like synced up this group of like 100 people are and it also probably helped that it was like that we all were in like a kind of similar life circumstance too so it really could get very very narrow yeah um (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah like paying attention I think that that's right um you know going into any kind of divination stuff it just becomes a lot about patterns just pattern recognition is a lot of it um which you can get which you can learn how to do but it's really helpful to have the examples to draw from 
it's interesting because I think people will always say like, well, you know, with pattern recognition, it's subjective or, you know, you could, you could find patterns anywhere and they don't apply to everybody. And da, 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 da. and of course that's true. But when we're talking about the planets, we always have to talk about the skew of the chart because, you know, it's going to apply to a different, it's going to put its pressure on a different part of everybody's life. And it, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Sorry, I'm I'm so sick. I feel like I'm having like a fever dream a little bit. So I'm, I feel like extra dumb today. No, oh, no, no, no. I'm happy to be here. But if what I'm saying makes no sense, just <laughs> just pat me on the head and move on. Um, <laughs> just so everybody knows, I told Tess we don't have to no, do this no, now. I was I like, already, we can wait until you're I know, feeling better. I canceled and I don't know when I'm going to be feeling better because Jeffrey's been sick for so long. Could just be, it could just oh, be forever. Uh, no, it won't be forever. But it feels like I don't want to wait. I'm. I like the podcast, and I want to keep going with it. But um, well, anyway, what what incoherent thing was I gonna say? <laughs> um. Oh, the 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 argument for um, uh, like patterns and um, like that you can find a pattern anywhere in anything you know and i think you actually do see that a lot in like the really general astrology right where you're just looking at sun signs and then everybody can just be like i am a sagittarius so i love to eat food and sleep and be with the people I love and when I have a sense of accomplishment and when people are mean to me I get angry you know and you're just like okay well it's probably accurate but... and that's why so many people don't take astrology seriously right because you're looking at these really 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 broad patterns I guess where you can find a lot of information so it is it has to be about there has to be something to contain the pattern right like there has to be something that's narrowing it down yeah um but that but it is interesting because there are a lot of um there are a lot of ways that you can narrow it down also like you were saying like if your relation like how you view and practice astrology is strongly through rulership and what the planets signify but they're saying that they're not looking at that that like that but they are going to use another pattern like they are going to be like okay but this is like the container for our patterns okay um and it's one of those yeah. things that's actually kind of fun about going to different um you know astrologers or any divination folks who are really committed to their work because they all are going to have these different approaches right like these different containers right. for seeing and explaining and relating to the patterns so yeah yeah i think the most important thing is just like having a consistent methodology like and you know whatever it is that you're focusing on you just have to be real consistent about it and not just be like oh well in this case you know it means this or you know cross i think there could be like sort of cross significations in like bad astrology i don't i don't know how to explain it but like mixing uh i guess book i was i was reading last night they're talking about how 
the 10th house um, in traditional astrology represents can represent your mother but it also represents your career but that doesn't mean like your mother has something to do with your career or that those things are related you know it's like (laughs) there's certain things that that don't like you you just want to make sure like you're consistently and methodologically applying you know the same symbols to the to the same system you know um i don't know i'm not like able to explain it properly i don't know why but i i mean it's hard to explain unless you're using a really specific example of a methodology so a good example is academia um because they are defining reality which is you know like they're basically trying to turn reality into like equations by creating these very, very narrow and specific definitions for it, which is, you know, brilliant, but it feels to other people who aren't, you know, approaching data like that. It can feel really cold. It can feel really strange. It can feel very um, foreign or like you don't understand why they're using these terms that are used in other ways the way that they're using it and sometimes it can just seem really silly right like it can just be like well no that's not how we live or that doesn't sound right to me or i can't relate to that statement at all and it's like no they're trying to they're trying to narrow down reality (laughs) they have a very very narrow parameter that they can work within to make their system work and it's you know what i mean and it doesn't make the system just because it's unrelatable it doesn't mean it's wrong it just means that they can't take into account like your experience because it's not that's not yeah that's not that 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 doesn't that doesn't fall within the the realm of the pattern we face in Pisces (laughs) (laughs) similar to the problems we face in Pisces where it's like we want we want to take everything into Mm -hmm. account but taking everything into account doesn't necessarily allow you to be effective um in any specific Mm -hmm. endeavor (laughs) like we have to we have to be and this is maybe what saturn is gonna sort of point to a little bit it's like we have to be a little bit more methodological (laughs) in our approach um in this area of our life at least during saturn's transit through it you know like we have to um have to build some structures um that have a purpose and we have to commit to that purpose and we have to be specific about it and we have to do some we have to limit and create some boundaries in a place where we don't like to do that because that's not you know that's just not what we do in pisces you know but for the three years of saturn's transit through that through that sign we're gonna have to you know, and um, it's not necessarily comfortable. It's not always, it's not going to feel right. Um, I think that the other sort of issue that comes up a lot in Pisces is um, it's a sign of like, I don't want to say morality, but like there's like a, a righteous quality to Pisces where it's like, you know, with, we are, 
wanting to be good. Um, I, I think that has to do with um, the rulership of of Jupiter, who has like a lot of authority over religion and and morality and righteousness and sort of like the qualities of um, yeah, the qualities of what is considered to be pure and good and, and righteous. And um, I think Pisces wants to live in integrity and righteousness and goodness. Um, and Saturn is not like so concerned about that so much. You know, Saturn is like much more practical and Saturn is like, Saturn is the ruler of like um, things that we find uh unsightly things that we find um negative um difficulty strife um disease you know like saturn is like super real um and so yeah i think there's i think there is a little bit of conflict with saturn being pisces in the kind of like endless pursuit of like the limitless pursuit of doing good or the limitless pursuit of like being good. Um, I think, I think Saturn is, is going to ask us to apply our, like apply our pursuits of like goodness or righteousness or integrity uh, more specifically, which I don't think is like a bad thing um, or, or ask like, what is it worth? You know? What is it really doing? And that question is going to really be different for every person. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that it makes any sense. It but. does. I feel like I've seen that come up for a couple people where there is this question about what am I supposed to be doing with my life and is it good or is it worthy? You know, so there's like, there's, there's like yeah. two questions. It's, is what I want, what I'm supposed to be doing? And if those two things are true, is that a good thing to do? And is that a, like a worthy thing to be doing? Um, yeah, because we have a lot of kind of cultural judgment on what good things, you know, what we should be doing versus yeah. what we want to be doing. Um, it's hard because, you know, we kind of have like, we, we, I think we want to be much more heroic than we usually have the opportunity to be, <laughs> yeah, but, but kind true. of holding yeah. on to that as like a fantasy or as an ideal really can prevent us from doing things just like connecting to our community and uplifting our neighbors and, um, you know, connecting with our family or, you know, immediate family and our friends and, you know, like the people that we can actually have a huge amount of impact um, yeah. with, so. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. It's sort of like, in in what, are there ways in which your pursuit of, of, being good or your pursuit of righteousness first is it impacted by 
thought systems and pressures from outside of yourself that are skewing Mm -hmm. that like in a direction that isn't necessarily like is it a natural pursuit or is it uh, a social pressure or is it a version of both and can you separate out what is the natural pursuit and what is the social pressure pursuit and then secondarily like in in Pisces, we're talking about limp, like we're talking about interconnectedness, boundarylessness, you know, the whole mass of humanity and, you know, how we are, um, the ways in which we are all the same. Um, Saturn is limits and boundaries. So the second part of that question is, okay, well, once you figured out the difference between your natural pursuit and the socially, the social constructs on that pursuit, Um, what are the limitations of it and when is it impacting the world in a real way Saturn versus a feeling Mm -hmm. way Pisces so Saturn is going to force us to kind of walk a tightrope between our feelings and reality um, and try to like trying to find like the Mm -hmm. edge of it (laughs) and like grab a hold of it and pull it into something real, like pull it down into a a real structure, like build Mm -hmm. something out of it Um, and not just like wash into the ocean um, like Pisces would kind of have us do. It's so, I was thinking about this um, because after we were talking a little bit about um, the book that you're going through, like I was thinking about, um, I was trying to recall the, the similar exercises that I did, and then I was thinking about my childhood and my parents and all the same things, and I was just like, wow, it's so funny how difficult it is to recall these things without having, like, an emotional story built into it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so hard not to, it's so hard to, like, consider just simply what happened without a huge amount of like emotional assessment and kind of like this bigger weaving thing um and I I think that there's a a place for that um in our life and in the world you know to kind of have these really um kind of watery I guess stories right that that are not that are more focused on that part of it than the data part or than like the occurrence part um but i think saturn is like the occurrence guy (laughs) he's gonna be the guy that's like but what does it do (laughs) and what did and what exactly happened and how do you apply that and what did you do as and what are you doing now as a result like it's just it's like yeah we don't care how you feel (laughs) it does not matter (laughs) or how you think you feel or how you think that you know like none of that none of that just what are the you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's like having yeah, it's like having an accountant in the therapy totally. office. Being like, you know, okay. like it <laughs> it's like, you know, someone's there, you know, someone's in a therapy session talking about like their deepest emotions and their past, and then there's someone there like trying to take notes and be like, motherfucker, sh- shut up. Like, what? No, 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 stop. 
go back just give me the facts it's like, like what are the deep it's like the the difference the difference between having a lawyer and having a therapist right like the lawyer is like what date yeah. did this happen okay what did they say yeah okay yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, and so it's just an interesting, it's a very interesting place for for Saturn to be. Um, I think there is an element of just like, like it, it, the way you feel isn't important to me. And so we're going to have to like figure out how to do this, you know, whatever I, what, why am I here? Like, what am I supposed to restructure or change in this part of your life? we're going to have to do it in a little less emotional of a way. That's <laughs> basically what, what yeah, he's saying. Like emotional um, and like ideological, like story based, yeah. future based, imagination based. It's like, yeah. Like you need the lawyer. You, you need your personal know, lawyer it, to be like, okay, well, what can we actually do about that? Okay. <laughs> you know, like these are our options. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is what this is what the law mm -hmm. says, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't know. Um, anyway, my brain is starting to turn to mush. So, and I have to make a cake <laughs> for my dad's birthday. So, I yeah. I'm gonna say goodbye very soon. Um, it was lovely talking to you. Thank you for talking to us, even though you're sick. I'm sorry you're sick. I hope you feel better. No, thank you. I do too. Um, thank you for continuing the podcast and doing this with me on your extremely busy weekend for your taking care of your parents. Yeah. I love you. And um yeah, I'll put I'll put the links as always to my practice and Tess's practice. Um we Tess has a whole um slew of offerings through inner currents, public meditations, um her own like you can book a reading with her um if you want to sort through any She's a master at helping people sort through yes. their internal life. <laughs> uh, my astrology uh, work is available on my site. So yeah, um, reach out to us if you want to talk more. Send us questions. If you have questions about the podcast, sign up on the Substack. Um, you can be a subscriber for free and you know send us any kind of questions. Um, and you can get discounts on readings and all kinds of things. Um, and then hopefully soon read my writing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you guys. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I love you, Tess, and um, love you we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.